In this episode of Upward Calling, we introduce the idea of Christian leadership. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with the University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Friday. How you doing, Josh? Kenny, I'm doing all right. Warming up a little bit. It was a, a little chilly out there this morning, but uh, hopefully the rest of the day will not be that way. This is Florida, and we're not supposed to have to endure such. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. You started off talking about uh, the theme for the year, and really it's kind of a theme that I think will not only go this year, probably for a lot longer than just a year. So you started off by talking about leadership. What does it mean that Jesus leads like a shepherd? I mean, how is that different than being a king or a CEO or middle management or What's what's special about being a shepherd? Yeah, so we're we're certainly not meaning by saying Jesus is a shepherd that you know we're lessening his power or authority in any shape, form, or fashion. Because other passages, other scriptures certainly testify to that fact. Matthew twenty eight and eighteen: All authority has been given to me, both in heaven and on earth. At mm-hmm. the end of Ephesians chapter one: You know, he is made head over the body; he rules over over the church. Um, so. When we talk about shepherd, though, and how I would classify that as different than, than all these others, is it's what is the end goal? What is, what is the purpose? And not saying that kings or CEOs can't have the well-being of others in mind, but oftentimes that's not the case. Uh, the, the saying goes that, you know, ap- uh, power corrupts and corrupts absolutely. Uh, typically happens. And so we see kings who don't, um, don't rule for the benefit of their people. We see CEOs who have no, no thought for not only the people that they, that work for them, but even for the, the public at large. And it's all because of power. And that's even a a biblical principle. When you look at the people of Israel uh, asking God for a king in first Samuel chapter eight, and God warns them. It says, this is exactly what your king is going to do. He's going to enslave your sons. He's going to tax you. He's going to take away your fields mm-hmm. and your possessions. And all that happened. Well, again, Jesus has all authority. He is king. But in John 10, he refers to himself as the good shepherd. And the passage that stands out to me in that, that whole chapter is what he says in verse 10, when he says, um, sorry, I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Mm -hmm. That's his goal. That's his aim. That's what he is leading towards. He is leading with our well-being in mind and not his own. And everything else that he says in that chapter, uh, whether it's talking about uh, the safety that he provides even at the expense of his own life, or, you know, we think of pastors like Psalm 23 and the Lord being the good shepherd who leads mm-hmm. us, you know, to, to pasture and leads us to water. A shepherd leads with the intent of benefiting those that he leads. Right. You know, the funny thing is when, when we start thinking about kings and CEOs and managers and things like that, really one of the things that happens is they are fighting for power. God doesn't have to fight for that. And and as a result, you know, the funny thing to me is that God has the power, but he doesn't make power a big deal. 
what he's looking for is not our power. He doesn't need it. He needs our, he needs a relationship with us. And the, the thing I, I think about, you know, managers that I've never enjoyed were the micromanagers. Well, God doesn't micromanage us. He says, if you want to come, come. And if you don't, doesn't say this, but, and if you don't, don't. So he doesn't force us this direction. No, so, and, and I'm going to back to, to Jesus as a shepherd, you know, my sheep hear my voice. Right. He's calling. And so those that, that want me as their shepherd, they hear my voice, they respond. So it's very much that relational concept you're talking about. Yeah, which brings me to this. You just called the sheep, Josh. Thanks. Um, in what ways are we sheep? Because so, you, cut, you, yeah. you made this point that sheep are not very bright. Are we dumb like sheep? Uh, the simple answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, throughout scripture, when God refers to us as sheep and granted, you know, and while there are some of our members who, you know, actually have sheep and, and, and know the inner workings of them, you know, for most of us, when we think of sheep, we think of these cute, cuddly uh, animals. And, and so of course God loves us because here we are, we're, we're cute and we're cuddly and we have nice mm-hmm. white wool and, and all that. Well, that's not the picture that we ought to get. Sheep, yes, they're dumb. They 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 tend to wander off, but they're also defenseless. Yeah. I mean, of all the animals uh, on the planet, sheep can't run that fast. He's right. he's not gonna uh, maneuver in and out and get away from predators. He stands out. I mean, he has no claws. He has no teeth, and so so he's helpless. And I think that's the picture we're supposed to get. And a passage that I think about, um, a well-known passage, Jeremiah 10, 23, which is mm-hmm. not in, a, in a, a passage that's referencing sheep, but the prophet says about his people, people who were dying because of their rejection of God as their shepherd, and he says, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own footsteps. Well, that's where we are. And, and so... The, the, this all goes back to, to God and His great love and His mercy and His grace. He wants a relationship with us and He is willing to rescue us. Again, you go to Matthew 18 and here is Jesus. He came and He came to save each one that is straying and lost. And so it's not a, it's not a great compliment to us that, that we're sheep. <laughs> uh, but we ought, to, we ought to take that and we ought to understand that we are sheep and there's a shepherd who longs to look after us. So let's follow him and let's not just go whatever way we desire to go that given day. Yeah. Kind of in response to what you're talking about there, I think defenseless is the best word that, that you can use to, to describe ourselves as, as sheep. Look, it, it doesn't, you know, you look down a little bit further south in Fort Myers people who had their entire livelihoods wiped away with a storm. But I mean, that's just a recent event. We are really defenseless. We are much more defenseless than sometimes we like to give ourselves credit for. Um, There is not a lot that we can do number one by ourselves. Even if we pull a group of us together, you know, there's, there's nothing really, (laughs) Very intimidating about a, a flock of sheep that are coming after you. They're they're not they're not uh, they're not going to. I mean, I guess they could trample you to death. But w- when you think about what sheep are, 
if they are, and I doubt this is true, self-aware, they recognize that their problems, we can't defend ourselves very well. And especially when it comes up against a foe that is a lot stronger than we are, we, we are very defenseless. As Americans, as individualists, we don't like thinking in those terms. We are, we are strong. We are resilient. We will pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. But you know what? It, it doesn't take long before you see the house of cards falls really fast when one card is taken out. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, and, and to kind of date ourselves right now, but there was an event that happened this morning. One computer system failed. And every flight in the United States was grounded. Are you? I'm not familiar yes. with this story. Josh. Yes, that happened this morning, and so there were no flights for. I don't know what the the general time was, but again, that to, to your point of the House of Cards, here we are. You know, everything because man's so smart and our technology is so great, everything should work fine all the time, and everything should hum along. One system failed. No planes took off. That's where we are, and, and so. Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily anti-news and current events. If you're going to read the news and the current events, though, do it for this reason. Let it put more hope and faith and trust in God. Because right. what you see in all these things is, here's what happens when man is left to his own devices, and <laughs> it is not good. We are sheep. We are dumb. We are defenseless. We need rescuing. And thank God he rescued us. Right. And let me just add one more thing. And it's not like anybody else is any better than we are either. No. We are all (laughs) defenseless. You kind of mapped out your strategy for for taking on uh, leadership. Uh, And you mentioned that Jesus's leadership, number one, is a relationship. You know I'm going to love that. Is that that he talks about an eternal reward. You really didn't talk much about that. But you did talk about provision that he gives, gives us. And protection that he gives us. And finally, you also talked about Jesus being an example. As the perfect leader, he does this perfectly. There's a sense spiritual leaders need the same kind of characteristics. But what is the difference between Jesus' leadership and our leadership? You're right. Um, He is the perfect leader. What we can do is not what he can do. And I think right. scripturally that that is a point that's made. Uh, a passage that I would go to is in speaking of the spiritual leaders who are even given that task by God in the church, uh, the, the shepherds of the local flock. When Peter addresses them in 1 Peter chapter 5, and he exhorts them in verse 2 to shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight. But then he says in verse four, and when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the unfading crown of glory. And my understanding is that that is reflecting accurately what would have taken place in a lot of these areas of Palestine and really other places across the known world at that time. Mm -hmm. That within a flock or within, you know, here are these shepherds out. There is a chief shepherd and there are those who you refer to as the under shepherd. Well, That's what I want us to think about. And again, we even use this in our terminology when we talk about evangelism. We talk about leading others to Christ. Well, that's not true only evangelistically. That's true of me as a father. Mm -hmm. 
the greatest thing I can do as a leader is to lead my family to Christ. That's the greatest thing that shepherds of a local flock can do is they can lead them to Christ. Right. So that's really what we're emphasizing in, in all of these leadership things. It is Jesus can provide for us eternal life. Right. Jesus can protect us. And Jesus is the ultimate example. So in my leadership, I want to lead others to him. That's what Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians 11. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Right. He understands who the great leader is. And it's not Paul, even though he was a tremendous leader, but it was, okay, let's get back to Christ. He's the one that leads us. Right. And I, I think you didn't say this, but I, you inferred this. Um, the leaders that lead us are imperfect. There is only one perfect leader, and that is Jesus, which means when our imperfect leaders imperfectly lead us, help them. That's that's what people do with other people they love. And I, I, I think that's that's what I love about th- that, that that idea of relationship. People who people who lead need to readily admit their mistakes. They they need to recognize their own frailties, recognize their own biases, recognize that what they're going to try to do is not going to be successfully completed. And when we find this imperfection, number one, learn how to take criticism. Number two, learn how to give out criticism in such a way that helps and doesn't hurt because none of us are perfect at this. We're all imperfectly pointing to Jesus and saying, look at him. He's as far as I am like him, follow me. And that's why the, that first topic is going to be so important. Right. Leadership is about relationships. That That's where the criticism, or and I don't want to call it criticism, that is where the uh, pointing out improvements that can be made and pointing yeah. out things that are detrimental and hurtful. Well, it's in the context of relationship where that's received and you are able then to lead others to Jesus. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, one of the things that, that you didn't talk a lot about this, but, but one of the things that you and I both know is that worldly leaders often like to exercise power. And power is often what we're fighting over. It's it's what people are actually very interested in. How is spiritual leadership different than this kind of worldly leadership? Spiritual leadership is about influence. Mm-hmm. And, and when we say influence, we mean it in, in the right way, uh, not, not the, the, the pop culture. I'm an, I'm an influencer because here I am and, you know, look at me and the more people who look at me, therefore, the more I can influence. Well, that, uh-huh. that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about influencing for good. Again, first Peter chapter five, Peter addressing shepherds of a local flock. He says to them in verse three, not as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. I remember um, having a brief conversation with Brother Sewell Hall one time, and, and mm-hmm. those who are familiar with, with Brother Hall, I don't know anyone that's ever met the man that doesn't have the utmost respect for the man. And he had been doing a lot of thinking and, and studying on, on, be, on eldership and leadership. And he just simply said, leadership is example. 
that's what it is. It is the ability to influence. And uh, you know, our, our own Tommy Matthews is very uh, fond of saying, you know, people don't know how much you know, they don't know how much you care. Well, again, there, there it is. It's that being able to, to influence others uh, because of the relationship, because of the example uh, that you're setting. Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and we're most familiar with that passage because of verses 16 and 17, where Paul exhorts Timothy to, you know, continue to, you know, know the scriptures and to follow in the scriptures. But he says, I said, this is chapter four, verse 10. He talks about to Timothy, you know, my work, you mm-hmm. know, my teaching, you know, my persecutions. In other words, what Paul is saying to Timothy is I've lived my life in front of you yeah, and you've seen it. Right. And that's what I'm trying to convey to you right now. All these things that I'm pointing you to and, and, and living for God and suffering for God, I've tried to set an example of that. I want to influence you to do the same. Yeah. So I would say that that is what we really mean when we're looking at, at leadership, not only uh, in a congregational sense, but if you want to talk about you know, how can I lead my friends? I don't have, I don't have authority over my friends. Right. But I can influence them. Right. Um, there's only so much authority that I have as a as a husband and father, and I have learned a whole lot about that. Uh, and it's not <laughs> it is not what some people think it is. I don't have that much power, but what I have is the ability to influence, and that's the kind of uh, leadership that I need to to exude. Is a leader something you are or is a leader something or is leading something you do? Both. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think one of the things that it, as you were talking, I, I just thought so much about how pe- some people that claim a title without doing the works of leadership and some of those people do deserve the title and you have to rely on the title, but good leaders, good servant leaders serve. And when you look at the leadership of Jesus, I think that's one of the the clearest examples of here's somebody who, <laughs> what we would say, put his money where his mouth is or put his reputation in what he did. And I, I think that's, that's important that, that good leaders don't just lead because there's a title behind their name, but they actually do things that make people want to follow them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that's why we we see that some of the greatest leaders, and, and again, within a, a local congregational sense, yes, we've got good elders, we've got good shepherds, but some of the greatest leaders we have have no title whatsoever. Right, right. Which is your Priscilla and Aquila sermon yep. that, we're, that we're looking forward to. Yep. So let me ask this, based on all this conversation that we've had, how do we lead better? Well, that's what we're wanting to look at uh, this year. And I'm excited about this. Uh, Again, we're starting with uh, leading through relationships. And Kenny and I, we've we've already talked about some people that we want to talk to even in this (laughs) venue uh, to do that. But, you know, that's where we need to start. Uh, we need to start with the actual interests that we are 
playing in people's lives. And, you know, we, we've said this many times before, but if we have an interest in leading others to Christ, then we've got to get past these superficial, you know, how are you, how are you, you know, kind of relationships and actually be willing to open up, be willing to, to talk to people and invest in people. And uh, that's true of, of our visitors who are coming. That's true of the, the people who are sitting in the pew next to us. Uh, that's true of anybody that you come across. So we're going to look through that uh, throughout this year, and I'm, I'm very excited about it. I am too. And as you kind of referenced, there's some things that we're probably going to change just a little bit on so, at least some episodes on the podcast. We've talked about people that we would like to include on the podcast. That's more than just Josh and I. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm hoping that this uh, allows us to have really um, deeper conversations about this topic. This is, like I said, something that you chose for this year, but there's not a way that we get away from this idea ever that when it comes to leadership, whether you have a title or not, there's a responsibility that you have because you are in a relationship with other people. And the more that you are, the closer you are to others, the more influence you have, the more important you become to others. You see what I'm saying there, Josh? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So I tell you what, do you know what you're going to be talking about this next time? I am. So put another plug in here. Um, the the men's classes that we're going to have, not this coming Saturday, but a week after, we're gonna we're gonna deal with some struggles that are that are common to men, mm-hmm. and we want to kind of uh, prime the pump for that a little bit on Sunday. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about holiness, but I want us to think about it in maybe ways that. That we don't often. I think too many times when we think of holiness and and our responsibility to be holy, we kind of look at it almost as there's this external creed that I'm supposed to live up to. And if I don't, then the preacher's going to get on to me for being impure. And that's, you know, kind of how we treat, you know, purity and holiness is, you know, there's a standard. You're not meeting it. What's wrong? Shape up. (laughs) That's not what holiness is about. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about on Sunday. Yeah. And I, I think, and I'm, I feel certain this is part of what you're going to talk about, that we're, that you're not going to be talking about holier than thou. That that one of the important things that all of us recognize is we all mess up. That that holiness is something that we all miss on occasion. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I think that's an important thing for men to do, especially men. You and I have talked about some of the topics that you guys are interested in talking about. One of them, and I don't, I hope you don't mind me spilling the beans on this a little bit, but pornography is one of the things you guys are going to be talking about. That is quite possibly one of the biggest challenges of this generation because when I was growing up, there were only certain places where you could access it. Boy, it's accessible everywhere now. Yeah. It has been more, it is more accessible. And things that used to be hard to get a hold of, so easy. And that's important for all of us to consider. Yep. So anyway, Josh, why don't we talk about that next time then? Sounds good, Kenny. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. The sermon we referenced in this episode is in the show notes. We have all of our information at universitychurchofchrist.org. Until next time. God bless you in your walk with God.